Hello, my friend. You are tuned into a brand new episode of Tide Pod. And today we have someone joining us who is very near and dear to my heart. She has helped me break into this topsy-turvy world of LinkedIn and really just like establishing my not only personal brand, but professional brand. And I have just been so excited to get her on the show so that she can share all of her wisdom. So we are joined today by Kim Kalp, who is a founder, keynote speaker, and one-of-a-kind teacher. So from worldwide stages to her online courses, she really leans into this mission of investing in yourself, supercharging your career, and building your network. And she has garnered the praise of all types of people. I'm literally not even going to try to give you the full spiel, but like TEDx, you could catch her there. She's worked with people like Oprah and the New York Mets. Like I'll, I'll let her give you guys the highlight reel a little later on, but just know this is aren't all the episodes really like this is another episode where I'm going to say, get out your notebook, get your beverages, do all the things because we are going to dig in. And this is a topic that we have not had the pleasure of really digging deep into on the show yet. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, Team Dynamics Consultant and Trained Industrial Organizational Psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to Tipod. Today's episode is brought to you by ClickUp. Now look, there are a lot of project management systems out there, and this is a question that I get pretty much on a weekly basis. Which system should I choose? Now, you know my belief, your system is highly dependent on how you work and how your team works best. However, I am not shy about sharing my favorite of the bunch. It's ClickUp. When it comes to daily team management, I have personally found that ClickUp provides everything you need. My team uses ClickUp for just task management, to house our headquarter resources, and for ongoing communication. My favorite part, with the unlimited version, you get access to the dashboards, which has totally replaced Slack for us, and I am a streamlined systems type of woman. I highly recommend it if you have a team, and guess what? It couldn't be easier or better. You can go to tianatai.com slash clickup and get 50% off of your very first year. I'm telling you, 50% off. Just head to www.tianatai.com slash clickup to snag that today. Kim, I'm so excited and honored to have you here. I would love it if you could just introduce everybody to who you are, how you show up in the world, like give us all the things. Of course. Well, I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited to hopefully impart some wisdom and value and actionable takeaways that people, my goal is that when you get done listening to this, there's two or three things that you can immediately do as in like in the next 15 minutes, when this podcast ends, you're logging into the computer and you are taking action. So that is my promise from me to you. But I think really to start the story is I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I never planned on being an entrepreneur, but I found myself in a situation where entrepreneurship found me 
And that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years, which is crazy. And anybody who has started a business or owns a business know that some days that feels like 10 minutes. And sometimes that feels like 10 times a thousand bajillion years and you have gray hairs and you've been doing this for too long. So it's been a really wild ride, but I think the most valuable thing I've learned in my 10 years of entrepreneurship in, as we continue into this digital world is that your reputation precedes you. And we've heard that a million times growing up, or maybe your mom or dad was like, mind your P's and Q's and tuck in your shirt and give a firm handshake and brush your hair and first impressions are everything. And that's great. And all of that is true. But now what we're finding is those first impressions are moving online. And they're not so much comb your hair and have a firm handshake because you might not be meeting somebody in person. You might be meeting them on a Zoom call. You might be meeting them on the phone, or you might Google them before you do meet them in person. So our first impressions have slowly moved into this online form. And I totally geek out about that stuff. And that's why I realized, wait a minute, I know a lot of smart, talented, amazing people that when you meet them in person, they are so captivating, so brilliant. But then when I would Google them after a party, or if I would Google them before I would meet them, I'd say, wait a second, this doesn't reflect nearly how amazing and awesome you are, but that really is turning our first impression. So that's what I'm excited to dig into with you today. Ooh, yes, ma'am. So before we really dig into to the good stuff, I want people to have a little bit more context as to like who, like, put some respect on Kim's name, y'all. First of all, let's let's start there. So, bright ideas only. Can you tell everybody a little bit about your company, the type of clientele that you've served over the years, and just kind of paint the picture about how you've taken that and now looked in and been like, okay, there are so many experts, consultants, coaches out here, and we are doing ourselves a disservice. So we run a fan engagement agency. What the heck does that mean? That means we work with a lot of music artists, sports teams, music festivals, celebrities, and say, okay, let's pick a celebrity, pick your favorite celebrity right now. How does that person relate to their fans? What kind of relationship? And you can use any word for fans. If you're talking about Target, they call all of their customers guests. If you're talking about Oprah, they're calling all of their fans family. So like you can pick any word, pod, tide, pod, you know, you can pick any word for it, but it's basically what is the relationship between this person and their community of humans that follow them and love them and are interested in them. So we work with a lot of people to say, okay, let's study that relationship. Let's figure out how we can further brand that relationship. Let's figure out how we can make that relationship stronger. Let's figure out things that those community members can buy or get excited about or take part in. And that has really been our focus and really sub-focusing on those super fans. So if anybody has heard of the 80-20 rule, that 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your consumer base. A simple example of this is, you know, people aren't making millions of dollars. John Bon Jovi is not making millions of dollars of somebody who can name one John Bon Jovi song. He's making millions of dollars off people who are like, I love John Bon Jovi. I buy every single album. I buy every single piece of merch. I buy every single 
concert ticket, like those diehard super fans, that is really where the magic happens. So we get brought on by these entertainers, by these sports teams, by these celebrities to say, help me figure out and hone in on this relationship with my super fans. And so I did that for a decade. And what I slowly realized was, wait a second, I've been helping all of these amazing humans deepen their relationship with their fan bases, but I can take those same skills to said CEO and say, what's the difference between a CEO and all of their customers or that CEO and all of their employees or that CEO and the general public? How does that CEO make the general public fall in love with them, fall in love with their product? fall in love with their service, make their clientele love them even more, recommend them via word of mouth, become a referral source for them. And I said, I can take these same tactics and apply them to founders just like me and executives and people who work in interesting spaces because that relationship is exactly the same. And so I started doing that about two years ago. And so now I feel like I live this Hannah Montana double life, you know, in my, in, in one hour of the day, I might be helping a mega celebrity with their fan base. And in the next hour of the day, I'm helping a CEO help their company create lasting relationships from that stuff. So it's, it's a really fun dual relationship. I feel like that I have. Oh, I love it. And, and I think that I can see very easily, and I'm sure everyone listening can see very easily exactly how you're able to take that at the macro mega celebrity level and say, okay, so what are we doing over here for someone who's leveraging a platform like LinkedIn or who wants to start speaking and getting awards and all these wonderful things that we're going to get into. And we're going to talk about in this episode, y'all don't even worry about it. So I guess the first question that maybe we should just really dig into is where are we starting? Right. So you're the expert, you're the consultant, and you are listening to this episode. And we're sitting here talking about super fans and really getting people engaged with your story and making sure that we have that not only personal brand, because some of y'all are experts at personal branding, but also that professional brand and really leveraging that on a platform like LinkedIn. Where the heck are we even starting, Kim? Everyone's like, ma'am, you're saying all these words and I'm overwhelmed. Absolutely. I always say, let's start from the very beginning and let's start with a clean piece of paper. So first and foremost, I know most people don't do this, but if you are listening to this right now and you're not driving in a car or riding a bike, pull out your phone and Google your name, pull out your phone or open up your desktop computer and Google your name. What are you finding? Number one, are you finding you? Because there's a lot of times if you have a name like Adam Schwartz or or something that's very common, you, you know, you might not be finding you. So that's number one, who are you finding? And number two, when you do find yourself, do you like what you find? Or are you like, Ooh, God, it's pulling up my Twitter. I haven't looked at that in ages or, Oh God, look at my LinkedIn. It's blank. So number one, evaluate, do we even like what we've got? And why I like to do this exercise with people and why I think it's so important is because, again, you can have the best pitch. You can have the most amazing sales team. You can be the have the most firm handshake, the smartest suit, the best hair. But at the end of the day, when you go to set up that meeting 
or you reach out with that cold email, the first thing people are doing is they're Googling you. They're going, oh, Tiana Ty, I feel like I've heard that name before. Let me Google her, see who we know in common, or let me Google her, learn a little more about her. And I have some people say, well, I don't Google people before I meet them. I don't know who does that. I mean, I have friends that are dating before every date, they Google who they're going on a date with. Or I have friends who have kids. If somebody's coming over to watch their kids, you better believe they are Googling that babysitter before they leave that babysitter at home with their child. So we Google each other all the time. It's now become second nature. So very often we forget we Google other people and we sort of forget that other people are also Googling us. And so paying attention to what is showing up is so important and something that I think a lot of times kind of takes the back seat because your company or your sales team, they can have the best press in the world. But if somebody's Googling you, yourself, your name, and what's coming up is, eh, not so hot or not so accurate, then you're not stepping out with the best foot. And why I'm so bullish about LinkedIn is most people don't realize, number one, LinkedIn is the oldest social media platform. It is 18 years old. It is older than Facebook. It is older than Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all these cool, sexy things now. And that means two things. Number one, it has built up enough SEO over the years to outrank everybody. And number two, it's one of the only social media platforms that is actively crawled by Google, actively crawled by Google, which means you're kind of packing the one-two punch. If you update something on LinkedIn, it's not only getting updated on LinkedIn, it's getting updated via Google. So I always want to say, if you're a lazy marketer of yourself, if you're a lazy human or you're strapped for time, LinkedIn is also going to pack the biggest punch because it's kind of doing double trouble with one update. So when people ask why LinkedIn, why, you know, I say, and also for most people, and again, if you don't believe me, you can do this exercise yourself. Most people don't realize because it's the oldest social platform and because it's crawled by Google, it is always on page one of search results. And you can look this up for super famous people. Like if you Google Richard Branson right now, his LinkedIn is coming up on page one. If you Google Ray Dalio, if you Google Sarah Blakely from Spanx, if you Google these famous people, you would think, oh my God, well, Kim, Sarah Blakely, she's like the first female billionaire and she's so successful, like all of her awards, all of her accolades. No, what comes up in the top five is her LinkedIn. So I always tell people, unless you're beating Sarah Blakely, which newsflash, none of us are, uh, LinkedIn is definitely something you need to pay attention to. Okay, y'all. So just to just to further validate and prove her point, because I have known Kim for a while, so she has convinced me months and months and months ago. Um, but I was one of those people, I'll just own it, and Kim knows this, so it's no surprise. I very much had a LinkedIn, you know, back early in the professional phase when I was like first entering undergrad, everyone's like, make a LinkedIn, blah, 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 you're entering the workforce. And I don't know, somewhere in the middle of undergrad, stopped using it. It just dropped off the face of the earth. And I went on to Facebook, Instagram, everything like everybody else. But you could do it right now do it with your name. But if you Google Tiana Tai, just Tiana Tai right now, my website, I'm very proud of this. My website has finally outranked LinkedIn. Yes. Okay. We're working on, look, <laughs> we've been working on that, but website is number one. LinkedIn is number two. Okay. 
it beats Instagram, which is number three. So even just using myself as an example right here, right now, I only started leveraging LinkedIn professionally as a business owner in the last, like really, really, I don't know, six to eight months. And it's still number two on Google. So please put some stock into what she's saying to us right now, because it's real and it is what it is. Like LinkedIn is the OG, whether you want to admit it or not. No, it's one of those things where it's like, you can try to run away from it. And listen, I use the example because it makes people laugh, but like, I get it. Like LinkedIn is sometimes like the weird uncle at Thanksgiving. Like it's not the coolest and the sexiest. It's not TikTok. You're not going to do like cool dances like Charlie D'Amelio, but you know, it's one of those things that you're like, ah, you can't really afford to stick your head in the sand about it because it is ranking so high in most of our Google searches. And for anyone listening that might be like, well, you know, the name Kim Kalp, the name Tiana Tai, these are very unique. I encourage you, even if you have a name like Rachel Schwartz, or again, Sarah Johnson, what you can even do in Google is if you even give Google one more piece of information about you, you know, Sarah Schwartz NYC, or Sarah Schwartz Facebook, if you work at Facebook, or if you work at, I don't know, Seacoast Bank or, or something like that. Google is so smart, even just with that little piece of information, whether it's where you live or where you work, it your LinkedIn is going to come up. Like I'm telling you, it's so creepy. Like big brother is out there for real, you guys. But like, if you do this, I promise you, like it's going to rank high. So I always tell people like, and if you're, if you're in your mind right now, if you're like, Oh my God, Kim, I already have my like Instagram plan and my TikTok plan. Like, God, now you're telling me LinkedIn. I always say, listen, I'm not about to add more to your to-do plate. I know you got a lot going on. You're a busy entrepreneur. You have a lot of fish to fry. If you do nothing else today, just do the basics. You can go, I have a whole download. It's got, you can go to helpmylinkedin.com and there's five like very minimal, very basic. It'll probably take you like 30 minutes. It's a free download. Just do the basics. Just do, I, I always joke, just like clean up the dirty laundry off the floor. I'm not even telling you to do the laundry. I'm not even telling you to mop. I'm not even telling you to vacuum. Just like take the dirty socks off the floor. Like if you just do that, that will be so helpful. And it's going to help in your Google results as well. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you made me think about, you know, and some people aren't like this. So, you know, take this for what it is. But in my family, if someone's coming over, even if it's unannounced last minute, you run and you shove everything and you're just like, at the very least, I don't want it to look dirty. Like it can be a little messy. That's fine. It's real life. But like, let's let's clean up the dirt. <laughs> so like if there are dirty dishes, can we please pop them into the dishwasher really quickly and just like wipe the crumbs off the counter and we're good. <laughs> and that's what exactly. I think it is that I'm hearing you say. <laughs> exactly. We're, ta we're talking like bare minimum people. Just like stuff it all in the closet and make it presentable. Now, if you want to go to like you're like, okay, Kim, that's junior varsity level. I'm ready to go to varsity. Okay. Then yes. Like let's start cleaning up. Let's juice the algorithm, all that good stuff. But like, if nothing else, exactly Deanna, your point, like shove it all in a closet, shove it all in a closet and lock the door. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. 
TIEPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So speaking of like taking things up, up just, just a little bit of a notch. So not for someone who wants to go full force and just like have this fully baked content strategy, post five times a week, like full shebang on LinkedIn, but someone who's like, okay, I'll clean it up. And I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about maybe repurposing some content or sharing a little bit here and there. What guidance can you give them? That's just like step one, this will give you some bang for your buck just to start out and stay consistent with it. I would give two pieces of advice and it's going to be one per person. So there's going to be some listeners who are like, Kim, I don't create any content on any platform. So like nothing on Instagram, nothing on TikTok, nothing. So for those individuals, I would say LinkedIn is great. If you give yourself a low goal, that's maybe once a month. Okay. Nothing crazy, nothing wild or or once every other week, if you can, if you can stomach that. And I would say, just add in your two cents about your industry. Maybe you read an interesting article. Hey, maybe you, and you listened to Tide Pod and you heard a cool podcast. There are things that you're doing. and, And the litmus test I always give people is imagine you're going to brunch with a work colleague. What are you talking about? Usually when you go to brunch with a work colleague, you're like, oh man, did you read that article about the great resignation? Oh wait, but did you hear this podcast? You know, this almost 30 podcast, this Tiana Tai podcast, you know, that we, we listen to all these different podcasts or, oh, did you read this newsletter? You know, I love this point in this newsletter, whatever you would say at brunch with a work friend, put that on LinkedIn, like, like just put one of those things. So that's, that would be the baby step if you do not create content. The second piece I would write, if you're already creating content, like you're like, yep, okay, I got a couple of reels going out on Instagram, or I got a couple of TikToks going out, or, you know, I got a couple of Facebook posts going out. I would say repurpose. And again, in the simplest form, if we want to get really, really one-on-one, just do text only posts. You don't even have to worry about video. You don't have to go on Canva making a pretty graphic. You don't have to make carousels. Like whatever you posted on Instagram, take the text version of that and put that text version on LinkedIn. It takes you no more work. You're already creating it. It's just for another platform. And that is a great first baby step for someone who's like, I haven't really been paying attention to this platform very much. Oh, yes, ma'am. Raising my hand here. That's what I started doing to start. I was like, I don't have the brain capacity to think about anything else. Let me just put this caption here. Make sure that the hook resonates. Maybe that would be the biggest tweak I would make is like making sure the hook of what I was saying resonated a little bit more with my LinkedIn audience. 
who maybe like didn't get the reference that I would use in my Instagram online business bubble or whatnot. But literally that was the extent of what I was willing to do for months. And actually it, I think it helped me. Like it, it at least made people realize that my presence was there on LinkedIn until I was able to meet people like you and start to dig in a lot deeper in terms of how we wanted to show up and really put some other content strategies in place. A hundred percent. And again, I know for some people it can seem like, oh, this is like a whole nother platform. But again, I, the way that I like to look at it, because it makes it a little less overwhelming for me is think about your friend group, right? You might have some friends from college. You might have some friends from work. You might have some friends from like a hobby. You don't have all the same friends, You know, you have like that friend that's a little more preppy and maybe you have that friend that's a little more sporty and maybe you have that friend that's a little older and more of like a bookworm. We all have multiple sides to our own personality and we all have different types of friends. You can kind of think of your online platforms as your different type of friend. So you might talk to somebody on Instagram in a very different way that you would talk to somebody on LinkedIn. You know, the person on LinkedIn, that might be your more like kind of serious bookish friend that maybe they don't get all the pop culture references. You know, that's just not their thing. Whereas your Instagram friend, you know, gets all your pop culture references and, and little ins and outs that you have. So I think LinkedIn is also a great place to experiment. I would say, again, from my experience, LinkedIn is usually older. It's usually people. I would also say this, if you work in any sort of capacity with people that are in a corporate environment, a lot of people don't realize that if you work at places like Merrill Lynch, if you work at places like um, doctor's offices and whatnot, a lot of those places, they will actually block most social media sites. So when people are on their work computer, they can't go to Facebook. They can't go to Instagram because those sites are blocked, but a lot of those companies do allow LinkedIn because it's a professional, you know, I might want to be connecting with other doctors or I might want to be connecting with other finance workers. So I always say that LinkedIn is actually one of the most heavily populated social media sites because people can look at it at work without it getting flagged. So I would say if you are working in any capacity with maybe you're trying to get corporate people to hire you or you're trying to work with corporate people, could be a great space for you to hop onto because they're on there during the day. Ooh, what an excellent point. And I happen to know a little bit about the Typepod community. And so many, many of our listeners do consult with corporate clients, whether they're like, you know, corporate clients who are getting into speaking or writing their first book or different things like that. And then I know that quite a few of you also are B2B. And so with that in mind, it's kind of the same feel here. So I think that's a fantastic point. So now, okay. I want to switch gears just a little bit because I don't want to not talk about this because I'm very excited to talk about this because you are just the goat of nominating yourself for things and not feeling bad about it and getting the dang on awards. So can you, first of all, just like give us a little story, a little background in your experience of just being like, "Eh, I think I'm going to nominate myself. And then I'll ask you some follow-up questions so we can give everyone some tips on how they can start, you know, getting these awards and recognitions. Well, I started my entrepreneurial journey and, and honestly, this was happening even when I was in corporate. 
I was working in my corporate job and I was like, oh, I'm like doing all these great things. And in my corporate job, they had like marketer of the quarter. And I worked at this place for two and a half years and I never won marketer of the quarter. And I was like, dang, I'm out here busting my butt. I'm like doing all this great work. Like I'm not getting recognized. Like, why aren't they seeing what I'm doing? Then I went into entrepreneurship, same thing. I'm like, dang, I'm working with all these cool people, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber. Like, why is no one recognizing how cool this is? And by no one, I mean like magazines like Entrepreneur, magazines like Forbes, media outlets. I was like, man, I'm doing all this cool stuff. Like, why is no one seeing me? And it just sort of dawned on me one day that I was like, wait a second. And if you can picture this analogy, I want you to imagine it. Imagine you're the teacher and you're teaching a room of a hundred students, right? There's like a ton of students and there's only one of you. How do you know who knows the answer? If you ask a question, what's two plus two? Well, you wait to see who raises their hand and then whoever raises their hand, you're like, okay, Jimmy John in the front row, what's two plus two? And Jimmy John raises his hand, he says four. And you're like, right, got it. You, you, you got it right. If Rachel in the very back also knew the answer was four, but she never raised her hand and never made herself known to the teacher. How in the bejesus is the teacher supposed to know that Rachel knows the answer? Unless she's like some sort of mind reader, like Miss Cleo, she's never going to, Rachel's she's never going to know. She's never going to call on Rachel. And that sort of aha moment made me realize, wait a second, whether it's editors at the magazine, whether it's producers on the TV shows, whether it's, you know, editors at a newspaper, they're looking at a sea of entrepreneurs or a sea of small business owners or a sea of consultants. How do I expect them to recognize me when I'm sitting in the very back row and I'm not raising my hand? Of course, they're not going to see me. Of course, they're not going to call me. Of course, they're not going to know that I know the answer. And that's when I realized, wait a second, if I want to start winning these awards or getting recognized, I better sit up in the front of the class and I better start raising my dang hand and saying, hey, I know you're taking um, entries for Tampa Bay's top 100 small business owners or, or you're taking nominees for Atlanta's um, five mayor hot young startup picks or whatever it is. If I don't start raising my hand and saying, Hey, well, I live in Atlanta and I think the mayor should pick me, then how are they supposed to know? And so what I've noticed is with a lot of entrepreneurs, they're like me, they're sitting in the back, they're doing the good work. They're doing the grind. They know the answer. They're doing all everything right but they haven't said, hold on, I got to sit in the front row and I got to raise my hand. And that's the hump that I'm really passionate about getting people over. Cause there are like tips and tricks and strategies to do that, but you have to recognize it and then you have to do the work. Ooh, yeah, that resonated. And I think <laughs> I, it, I'm not even going to call myself out and say it's entitlement. It's just this, this lack of awareness and really putting yourself in that person's shoes. Like the, like you said, the editor or the writer or the person who's in charge of putting together this roundup, there's a whole world of people out there. And also when they Google, what are they Googling? And why would you come up in that Google search? You know what I mean? So when you think about it like that, you're like, huh. No wonder people aren't knocking on my door to just like offer me this feature in Entrepreneur Magazine. I guess I'll forgive them. 
Exactly. And it's one of those things that you really, you have to be like a little bit of, of an annoying, not an annoyance. That's such a bad word, but like, you have to just keep kind of like a bee that's like buzzing around or like a mosquito that you keep trying to swat away. And you're like, God, this mosquito keeps being by my ear, like get out of here. But you know, when you're buzzing around those editors after a while, something will come up maybe three months down the road, maybe six months down the road. Will will they'll say, Oh, wait, you know, actually now that I'm thinking about it, like Tiana would be great for that. Like, let me reach out to a quote from her. So if you kind of stay in their orbit and they know what you're about and they know your ethos, they can kind of, you'll be in the back of their mind that when something does come up, they're like, oh yeah, she would be perfect for this or he would be great for that. So it's important to also stay top of mind with the opportunities that you're excited to go after. Ooh, so you mentioned, um, a key word here that I picked up on, but I want to make sure everyone picked up on, which you said editor. And so that's one role. And you said like buzzing around their ear, making sure they kind of know what you're about. And so to me, what I'm hearing is, haha, hang out on LinkedIn and make sure you're connecting with these people that you want to be in connection with. So I'm curious from your from your vantage point, are there any other roles or titles, just different people that everyone should kind of be aware of to at least start trying to just build this ecosystem where this could be possible for them as almost like a step one to this whole process? Absolutely. And I always say to people, you know, you can also think about it for any of my B2B business owners out there. You can also think about it like who's hiring you. So I was talking to an entrepreneur recently and I was asking them, you know, like, who's your dream? Like if you could work with anyone, like what company would be hiring you? And they said, Coca-Cola, like if Coca-Cola called and like hired my company to come in and do this work with them, like that would be amazing. And I said, great who would be hiring you from Coca-Cola? And they thought about it and they're like, well, I guess maybe it would be like the HR team. Like the HR team would bring us in and, you know, we'd run these workshops or whatever. And I said, great. Um, Who works in HR? Can you name one person? Like, do you know Jenny? Do you know Julio? Do you know Ricardo? And there was just crickets. They were like, well, I don't actually know anybody in HR. And it was like, okay, well, how are they going to hire you (laughs) if they don't know that you exist on planet Earth? That's going to be a hard hire. So I always say to kind of, you can think about it like working backwards, like, okay, you want to work with Coca-Cola. You want to work with Spotify. You want to work with whoever it is. If you work backwards and say, okay, well, who's going to hire me? Okay, well, who's that person? Well, where are they? Well, how do I find them? Now you're, now you're taking baby steps towards that, that big project, that dream project, or in the case of like an award or an honor, if you know, well, one day I want to be on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Okay. Well, what category would you be in? Cause by the way, last time I checked, I think they have 26 or 27 categories now, like finance, marketing, uh, startups, you know, so music movies. So like, okay, well, Now we got your category. Okay. Who edits that list? Who edits that specific list? So like, again, kind of like layers of an onion, just breaking it down point by point, because if you can start getting to that information, that's when the actionable steps make sense because you're, you're, you're actually doing the work. 
Ooh, you know me, I love like a specific piece of advice and to get really technical and nitty gritty with things. And I think what came up for me as you were speaking is especially the more, I'm going to use the word prestigious. I feel like that's the only relevant word coming to mind right now, but the more prestigious the award, the opportunity, the company is, the more necessary it's going to be. And probably the more layers you're going to find as you're trying to peel it back and start at the beginning. Cause it's not like, you know, Coca-Cola isn't a startup where you Google and you find the CEO and now you have his email address in 20 seconds. You know what I mean? There are layers that kind of need to get peeled back. And I think that that is a very realistic way to paint the picture for everyone around, you know, if, if you want to get on Forbes 30 under 30, fun fact, Kim was on Forbes 30 under 30 for those wondering, just going to plug that shameless plug for you, Kim. Um, yeah, there's, there's, a and I did, and I done. did this model, by the way, like to get on the list, I did this, like what I'm telling you, <laughs> like I'm opening up the playbook, like no secrets. Like this is actually what I did to get on the list. So which, which categorization were you in marketing? I was music. Music. Okay. Music. Mm-hmm. And see, this is, this is the nuance. Cause to be honest with you, I didn't even know there were that many categories on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, but I've caught myself saying, huh, it'd be kind of cool to be on that list. And so we've got to do, do some of the homework before we can just like jump in and be like, where y'all at Forbes? Where are you at? <laughs> Well, you have to do some of the homework. And I always say, you know, again, you're talking to like a lazy marketer at heart. You know, I say this phrase all the time, but it really is true. Like copy someone else's homework. Like if you see someone that has done something that you think is really cool, I reach out to people all the time. And I'm like, I, I left my pride at the door a long time ago with entrepreneurship. I will reach out to people and be like, yo, how'd you do that? Like I I just, I straight up, like, I just want to copy your homework. I'm not even going to be over here pretending like I'm going to go reinvent the wheel and do everything. You already did it. You already did it. So just tell me how you did it. So that's why I always say like, this is what I did. And I'm just offering it back. I'm like, don't even hear, like I'm giving you the recipe. You can make the apple pie. I'm telling you the ingredients. I'm telling (laughs) you the measurements, like here, like no need to figure out like, well, how much sugar do you think it's going to be? And how much flour I'm telling you, like, just go do these things and then it will happen. You'll, the apple pie will get made. And it'll be delicious. Well, look y'all. So Kim promised you that by the end of our little chat today, you were going to have at least two or three action steps. I think you may have like four or five. Oops, our bad. She's so sorry for over-delivering. It's just such such a hard knock life for someone with so much genius in her brain. So Kim, can you tell everyone what's coming up for you? Like if they if they want to just continue to copy their copy your homework, how the heck can they go about doing that? How can they find you in all the places? Like break it down for everyone. A hundred percent. Number one, I would love to meet you and have you join me for coffee one day. So I meet every single Wednesday at 1 PM Eastern fabulous group of humans for coffee. I'm extending that invite to all the Tidepod listeners. You can go to getcoffeewithkim.com and, and see more information about how that works. So that's number one. I would say I spend way too much time on Instagram more than I would like to admit. And it's very easy to find me there because you just start typing in Kim Kardashian 
Like you just start typing in K-I-M-K-A. And then instead of the R for Kardashian, you type in you. But even if you type in just the K-A, I'm like one under Kim Kardashian. So I always joke that I'm like the Kim K with her clothes on. Like you're going to see one Kim K that looks like half butt naked. And that's not me, fun fact. And then you're going to see me and I have lots of clothes on and probably references to Harry Potter and chocolate chip cookies. Very different than the other Kim K. So you can find me on Instagram at Kim Kelp, um, where I spend too much time there. And then last but not least, I would say... I would love, love, love to see so many new shining faces in my career capital program, which launches again at the end, probably like somewhere at the end of Q1, early Q2 of 2022 this year. And that is perfect if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a CEO, even if you're an executive who's like, wait a second, I have to dust myself off and start putting myself first. Like this is perfect for you. So if you want more information about that, you can go to my website, which is just kimkelp.com. And look, y'all, shameless, shameless rave reviews. I was a part of the inaugural cohort of Career Capital, and it's fantastic. So if you have any questions about it, literally slide into my DMs and I'll give you the real unbridled truth. And don't worry, Kim, it'll be positive because, you know, I loved it and learned a lot from it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think everyone has uh, gotten the promise that you promised them, which is some actionable things to do on their way as they try to navigate into LinkedIn land. So thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate you. Thank you.